Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, a podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most. Because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that our government is shady, but every time I do, my family thinks I'm crazy. Like, oh, here we go, Mark. <laughs> Off again this with your... Mark being Mark again. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the thing about podcasts is when you're on the air, and it's like therapy, you know? If I can't talk to my family about this stuff, I'll talk to you, Matt, and all our listeners. You know, just tell your whole podcast. Yeah. So who are we talking about today, Matt? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy call-in special extravaganza. Today on the show, we have a bunch of great guests for you. Right off the top, we're going to take a call from Tino Sanchez. After that, we talk to Ryan Dean, then Mike Romanelli, David Matheson, a special call-in from our patron, Marianne. Then we take a call from David Matheson, I believe. Probably getting this out of order. We go to TJ from Jay's band. He is the lead singer of Mighty Tortuga. Go and check that band out on Spotify. They rock. Then we talk to Alex Stein from the Conspiracy Castle. And we also talked to our favorite patron, Adam. Adam is going to be on the show soon. Don't worry, folks. If you miss Adam, he'll be back. And stay tuned because this episode is straight fire. The episode quality, audio quality, was a little rough with Paranoid American, who that's the person I was forgetting. He's awesome. Go check out Paranoid American on Instagram. A little rough audio because it was a call-in show, but that's all right. Jay, I'm sure, did his best to fix that. And just stick around because after that... It gets much better. Uh, the end of the calls, the the towards the end, the calls got better. So enjoy the episode and stay tuned because we're going to be having Jay Dyer on the podcast soon, unless that episode came out already. Megan Cush, Isaac Weishop, Miguel Connor, the Propaganda Report, Jason Burmis, and even. Tommy Chung. So stay tuned because the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast is going to have a crazy ass summer. Enjoy this call in episode. Thanks for listening to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Support us on Patreon. As a matter of fact, 
we just came out with a new Patreon episode with Ron from New England. So go there now or maybe after this episode. They were testing LSD in Europe and Germany as late as 1961. But yeah, all of these, I mean, Ken- there's also others, Dirty Hat. There was a number of them where basically they would take the Exactly like what you're saying, where you get pushed, um, and then, you know, it can get very scary and things can be crazy, and then later on, you're like, wow, this is very, it was a very profound experience that just really changed my life. Um, yeah, man. So, that one experience for myself, um, that I've spoken about quite a few times on different podcasts, was my last ayahuasca, uh, ceremony. It's the one with Baphomet, where Baphomet showed up. We get continually reinforced with kind of conventional history channel or even references on the news is flawed. And not just a little flawed, it's like, I say, gravely flawed. Like, it's so gravely flawed, it needs to be, it needs to be put out of its misery because it is in need of complete revision. It's in need of radical revision down to the root. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the call-in show. We're about to take our first call of the evening. Welcome, folks. Stick around. We got some great guests tonight. With me is my co-host and my producer, Jay. Jay, how are you? Oh, man. (laughs) Just got done changing some brakes. Guess what, Mark? They don't squeak. You change your own brakes? No, I changed my brothers. Great. Guess what? No squeak. Yeah, I know. It was totally my fault. I'm a piece of shit, and I suck at cars. <laughs> How are you today? I'm uh, I'm not in the loop, but I'm doing good. Not in the loop? Why? I don't, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Oh, because yeah, cause the break thing. Yeah, you shouldn't. It's, you know, Jay's eccentricities that are what we're talking about. But just to remind you guys. What's happened, you bad motherfuckers? It's a beautiful day. To be alive. It's Thursday. It's Thursday. Are you you sure? I'm 100% sure today that it's Thursday. Yesterday, I thought it was Thursday. I think it's Saturday, honestly. Well, it's After yesterday, I thought it was Saturday, waking up. I didn't even go to work. You didn't go to work today? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, we're going to call up comedian, musician, Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, and dog guru. Tino Sanchez. Calling him right now. Right now. Hello. Tino Sanchez, welcome to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. For those who don't know, Tino Sanchez is a comedian, a musician, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, and an overall dog savant, I would say. I've seen your, your Instagram. You're pretty good with the dogs. Tino, how are you today? I don't know what it is with the Mexicans and the dogs, like Caesar and like all these people. I don't know, I just have to do with dogs. But uh, yeah, I've had dogs in my life. I started training pit bulls in, oh, jeez, 
04 professionally. And uh, that was just kind of a passion project, you know, because my dogs are so well behaved. People wanted me to teach them. That was the side. That's what I was doing. That's actually what led me out to LA to, to really um, perform, do comedy at the same time. So, anyway, hey, how you doing? I'm Tino. That's awesome to know. Yeah, I had no idea. For those who don't know, I know Tino from from New Jersey. We met when he was on tour with Sam Tripoli, and I was really blown away by his stand-up. It was musical. It was hilarious. He had me laughing. He had my date laughing. It was a great time. So, Tino, it's an honor to have you on the show. You've been traveling around uh, the United States during this kind of crazy lockdown. What's your thoughts? I know you're you're avidly against masks and and the lockdown so what's it been like traveling around these past few months well i think any person with a brain is against this bullshit but thank you before i go on uh for those kind words um yeah uh, so you know the, the thing that blows me away is that you know that bandit saying hi in the back um the thing that blows me away is that we it's funny that you mentioned we mentioned the dog thing because I dealt with the media and their bullshit when I was 18 years old with pit bulls. I mean, so I grew up in the 80s. I grew up in the 80s. And anyone who has dealt with, it started with the Dolemans, with the German Shepherds, then it went to the Rottweilers, then it went to the pit bulls. And the pit bull is kind of the, actually I had a joke where I was like, the, 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 the positive thing about this, uh, government overreach with everything they've been doing from cancel culture to the scamdemic is uh, the only positive is that all the spotlights been taken off pit bulls for once because pit bulls were, you know, the boogeyman for geez, almost since the eighties, you know, they were, they were demonizing these dogs. Anyway, the reason I went well, back to my story is we know the media has been shady and has been, you know, if it bleeds, it bleeds. We're not interested in the truth. They're interested in clicks now. They're interested in eyes on their 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 smear campaigns and that whole thing. Jay O'Keefe did with the CNN guy busting that guy. You know, the idiot on a Tinder date. He sees big titties and he can't he can't help but spill the beans. <laughs> so so we so so we know we've got this guy on film talking about the propaganda machine that is mainstream media and I, I experienced this I experienced this at 18 years old I had a pit bull named Petey it was my very first pit bull and I had two dogs I had a mutt and I had Petey and the mutt used to get out push squeeze through the, the, the gate and go sit by the front door so she did that but you couldn't see the front door because of the bushes that we had so this male person would come up oh I said male person see how fully correct I am the male person comes up this male woman and she gets scared because the dog goes nuts. She doesn't like strangers. The woman falls because I have a pit bull. It's the pit bull's fault. The pit bull wasn't even out. The, the uh, uh, animal control came and took both dogs away. And the pit bull, the PD, he was about 40 pounds. He wasn't even like these big, you know, uh, abominations that these idiots are breeding now. Uh, he was like the regular size of the pit bull. And what the, using these dogs, COVID as gospel, and it blows me away. It's like that. It's like a, it's like a battered woman, you know, she, first time, shame on you, shame on him. Second time, shame on you. It's like these motherfuckers are working on six, seven, eight, nine, and 10. Not only are they taking the banana in the tailpipe, they're spitting on it first. <laughs> oh man. 
Yeah, and it's crazy that you point out how they used that simple case of like a pit bull and framed it to make it look more menacing than it actually yeah. is. It's just a yeah. cute animal, but the way yeah. they use those camera tricks and obviously set yeah. the dog up to freak out, it, it creates yeah. the exactly the picture they want to give people to enforce their narrative. And it's absolutely, yeah, it's just sickening to hear that they would do that to such uh, innocent animals, you know, they're, they're just. And, and, and we've got, we've got the overlord, Fauci, uh, on, we got Fauci, we got Gates, Fauci, I mean, I mean, I'm sure you're, I'm sure your audience knows all about Fauci and AIDS and that whole big controversy back. I mean, this guy's been a scumbag since day one. And then we got Gates on film talking about depopulating the world. A guy that can't keep a guy that can't keep viruses off his operating system is going to tell you about how to keep a virus out of your system. Well, Tino, it's been a pleasure talking to you, man. We gotta go. We got our next caller calling in, but I'd love to have you on the show for uh, you know a longer conversation. Tell the listeners where they can okay. find you okay. and and where they can follow up. I'm in uh, Vegas right now. And I'll be here for a little while. I'm planning some trips to maybe Austin and New Jersey again. Actually, I was just talking to, uh, uh, what's your boy's name, from uh, Romanelli? Yeah, yeah. From uh, from Dojo, and I'd be out there again. But if you want to find out what I'm doing, go to Tino on Instagram. Tino, T-I-N-O, Boomaye, like Ali, Boomaye. So T-I-N-O, B-U-M-A-Y-E, Tino, Boomaye, Tino, Boomaye. Oh, yeah. Tino, thank you so much for sharing some time with us, sharing your wise words. We'd love to have you on the show for a longer time. And uh, yeah, I'll be in touch. Yeah, Make it easy. Yeah, let me know. Thanks, man. Bye. We appreciate you for calling in. Without further ado, we're going to move on to our next call. Let's see. How many more calls do we have, Mark? We got some calls, my friend. If you got to go, you got to go. That's fine. But we're going to be here taking calls. Let's try call Ryan Dean from This World Podcast. Hello? Ryan Dean from the Dangerous World Podcast. How are you, Ryan? What you doing today, buddy? What's up, man? I'm doing good. How are you, man? Uh, I'm great. We're recording the My Family Thinks Some Crazy podcast. You were uh, featured as a guest on episode nine was it jay yeah i think it was episode nine or eight that was early yeah. and uh, yeah man just i mean for those who don't know i'd be really surprised that you don't because i've been on dangerous world a bunch uh we've done some swap casts so ryan how's everything going there over there in dangerous world it's good man i'm honored that uh you wanted uh, to talk to me this afternoon what are you guys doing over there we just got off the phone with Tino Sanchez, and then after we talked to Tino, Brian Holtzman, Comedy Store regular, was on our Zoom call. We just kind of chopped it up. Oh, it was fun. We kind of wanted to do something special for the next couple episodes because it's, yeah, we hit our 40th episode and 50. Congratulations. Is, is a big one. Thank you, man. What episode? You guys are past 100 by now, so what are you at now, like 120? I think we're at 120, 124, I want to say, something like that. Yeah, we're, we're releasing an episode on, uh, I don't know when this is coming out, but we're, we're, we usually stick to two a week, man. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, the, ap- the episodes kind of rack up 
pretty quick when you're doing it that way. I've noticed. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's fun once the ball gets rolling, but at first you're like, all right, we got to email people. <laughs> Dude, and it gets so hard too when you're like sitting there trying to think of what you want to talk about when you're doing it twice a week. Right. That's another problem that you run into. But no, man, I mean, it, it, as far as like, you know, topics and things like that, we're, we're not going to uh, be slowing down anytime soon. But um, no, yeah, you guys are killing it over there too, man. Thank you. Yeah. Who, who's your favorite guest that you've had on recently? Anybody, any great interviews you've done that you want our listeners to go check out? Uh, I mean, other than Mark Steves, um, I would say, shit, maybe Lala Beans. And that was pretty interesting. Um, it, people seem to really like those kinds of conversational episodes where, you know, we talk about all of our different perspectives on specific topics as you know we have a weird dynamic between me and the co-host and it's never uh you know no one's insulting anyone too much but you know when we get a third perspective in there that's even different than ours uh i think that people like those just conversational type topics that you would overhear at a bar when people are maybe a a few drinks deep and they're just kind of enjoying uh the conversation and all learning things from each other that's like the fun stuff yeah. So that Titanic episode. Yeah. Okay. The Titanic episode. Yeah. I, I agree with that completely. I think that's what really like, cause I, I remember when Jay and I first were uh, envisioning this podcast, you know, and I told him, I would try to tell him like, you know, it doesn't have to be so structured. It could be fun, you know? And then when I was on your show, I realized like, Oh, okay, here it is. You know, it, it put that idea into practice. Cause I had only done like, really, if it wasn't a group of friends, I had only done podcasts where it was like a one-on-one thing. And then like you and Brandon and then Jonathan and Cheney started having me on your respective podcasts. And, and yeah, man, I, I really, I got to say, that's a big reason why we're calling you because you're a big reason why I'm even uh, going at this is at the pace I am. You know, you guys kind of gave me that uh, that boost right in the beginning. You know, like it's just it's just been cool to grow alongside of Dangerous World podcast. You're like our podcast, Big Brother. Yeah. Oh, so kind of you. Well, I mean, like I said, dude, like you guys are doing your own thing, too, with with, um, you know, obviously, you know, Sam, and you're able to really talk with some pretty cool people. And the way that you guys do your show is fun, man. Um, just, you know, guess that I would never even have heard about just coming on there and, and, uh, you know, shooting shit with you guys. It's pretty cool. But uh, that's, that's the thing. It's like, I, I want to make this a relatable experience. And I I love that you said that because it's given me an opportunity to just clarify like the whole reason I made this show is just to be myself with people I find interesting so that people can relate to these guys who are like you know writing huge books and doing films and you know some of these people seem unapproachable but I I imagine you would agree with me that once you actually sit down and speak to them it doesn't really matter what's on their resume people are just people right is that your experience as well Oh, yeah, man. Well, like, so the thing is with a lot of these guys that are passionate or or girls that are passionate about the topics that they're getting into, I mean, they don't consider themselves to be on this pedestal that we all see them or we may see them as. You know, it's not like you're approaching someone that thinks that their shit doesn't stink, but you're approaching another human being that is 
more oftentimes than not grateful that you're interested in what they're talking about. Right. So it doesn't matter, you know, if they've written a, a, an Amazon top selling book like uh, Charlie um, from the Macro Aggressions podcast, or you got someone like Sam Tripoli that, you know, he's, uh, he's been in the game for a long time and then he's kind of like the godfather of the comedy conspiracy podcast. Um, I mean, it, it, all these people are real people, dude. And um, I was blown away just by how embracing the podcast community as a whole is. Right. And it, it, it's so easy just to connect with people. Because, dude, there's 24 hours in a day. If you're a, a, a decent-sized podcast, you're releasing maybe three or four episodes max a week. Um, most do one a week, if that. Um, there's, a, there's plenty of time to share your listeners' ears with other people. You know what I mean? So that's what's kind of cool about the whole thing. You're not feeling like you're taking any, any you know, equity or anything like that from anybody. It's all just Nobody out there for change. Yeah, it really does function in this, functions in this really uh, symbiotic way. Great point. And for the, for the listeners out there who are like, shut the fuck up. I don't have a whole, I don't have a podcast, man. It's like, no, you guys can participate too. I mean, you've had listeners on the show, Ryan, you know, and, and, I've had uh, tonight, we, we have a couple people planned who are in our Patreon to jump on and participate. But that's the other cool thing is like, there's so many ways to participate. You know, uh, Paranoid American, right? Has he been on your show? Paranoid American? Are you familiar with that guy? I'm familiar. We follow each other online. He has like the conspiracy uh, uh, comic books, right? Yeah. And that's what I was, that's exactly what I was about to bring up because he's our next caller and, and he's definitely like adjacent. He doesn't have a podcast, but like he sent me some cool pamphlets. I'm sure he sent you some cool stuff. If not, ask him. He's got cool stuff. And, and yeah, to pay him back, we're going to promote him on this show a little bit. But, but yeah, yeah, what back to, you know, what you're up to. What's the latest like news story or, you know, thing going on in the world? Cause I know you and Ryan or you and Brandon, sorry. I always do that to you, Ryan. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> you and Brandon are very kind of like, you got your finger on the pulse. Like you, you do guest interviews, but a lot of your shows are focused on like what's going on right now. So what's, what's your thoughts on the, the pulse right now? Uh, I mean, dude, so as far as like current stuff going on, we are in Arizona. So we've been trying to get as much information uh, from this Maricopa County audit. Uh, for those who don't know, Maricopa, Maricopa County is in Phoenix. It's got like 60% of Arizona's population. Arizona's a sizable state as far as uh, land, uh, you know, real estate goes. Um, a lot of stuff going on there, but it's so difficult to really know what's going on because it's kind of been smothered in the mainstream news, which I tend to not pay too much attention to. But when you're talking about like geopolitical things or election events, that's definitely uh, a good source is, is the mainstream media. But last I heard, um, Gateway Pundit, I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but it's a pretty accurate magazine, pretty accurate website. Um, what they're talking about, the, the owner of that magazine, his brother is a auditor. And he dove really deep down into what was going on in Maricopa County. According to him, and this will come out supposedly, Trump won Arizona and Maricopa County specifically by 17% rather than losing by 2%. Um, supposedly 200,000 plus, uh, you know, un 
illegitimate ballots, like just completely phony ballots with no creases that were mail-in. Um, you know, a, a lot of BS was going on over there. And there seems to be distraction after distraction, the stuff that is going on in Israel and Palestine. That goes on all the time, and for some reason we're focusing on it right now. Uh, they just, uh, you know, sort of said that there was a ceasefire between the two nations there. Um, so my, my main question was like, why are we focusing on this chaos going on over there when it's literally going on all the time? Um, I mean, we'll see, man. I think that there's going to be something that comes out in the next couple of days here or, or weeks saying that, um, Maricopa County was for Trump and Arizona will be the first in uh, a long list of states that will turn red from blue. I know that New Hampshire is doing audits, I believe Michigan, and one other state, Pennsylvania maybe? I forget the other state, but um, just the election stuff, dude, because that's going to be a real kind of a shell shock thing to the left that is already down to riot. Like, we, they showed us that in 2020. And we're going to see some serious chaos, I think, as far as... Uh, just burning cities to the ground, literally. Um, I, I hope not. Out, they just took out all of the executive orders that gave the president power to, like, protect all of the freaking national uh, monuments and all that stuff. Wow. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, that's... It, it's interesting. They wanted some... I, I The name is failing me right now, but the, there was some statue that they're trying to take down at BLM and Antifa always just trying to get this shit down. And it's really weird, dude. Like, you know, you talk about communism and socialism and all of this stuff is so infiltrated already in our systems, in our colleges, in uh, elementary schools. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, fascism is, is what they claim the, like, more Republicans are, right? Like, they, they yeah. think that fascism. So it, it's interesting when you talk about Nazis, which is the national the Nationalist Socialist Party, um, are the nationalists the, the, the fascists or are the socialists the fascists? You know what I mean? Um, it, it, and because a lot of nationalists are, are very pro-capitalism, at least in the United States, and fascism is very hard to define. Um, some people define it as like, you know, uh, corporations kind of getting in bed with government and, and so on. So it's very tough to actually know exactly what's going on, but I have a good feeling about, uh, you know, what's going on there. The Democrats sent like 103 lawyers um, to this to this thing to try and stop it, all while screaming that it's a waste of time. So if it's a waste of time, why are you going to pay all 103 of those lawyers to come down and try and derail the whole system? So, I, I mean, keep your eyes on that, man. We're going to see that, though. I think we'll see uh, New Hampshire. It, it's possibly going to go red as well. And then I do think that uh, that some other swing states will change too. And then that's going to trigger like a revote type situation. And that'll be very interesting since half the Democrats are afraid to go out in public without a mask. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ryan, this has been great. Glad to catch up with you. I hope people will go check out Dangerous World because we're living in one clearly. And 
you guys seem like you know what you're talking about. I'll say I've learned a lot from listening to your podcast, but right now you're working on some t-shirts. Is that correct? Is there anything you want to promote? Uh, I'm sure you guys have a cool new shirt coming out soon or, or that is already out. What's going on with your merch situation over there? Yeah, man. I mean, we're always kind of working on merch. We have the stickers that just came out. If anyone wants to uh, DM me or email us, we'll send you a few free stickers. Um, but other than that, I mean, the, the last shirt that, that I've been working on is actually, um, you might've seen it on the, on the dangerous world pod Instagram. And it's just, uh, sort of like an eye test. I don't know how many of you out there have taken eye tests, probably all of you, but, uh, it just reads, if you can read this Donald Trump won the 2020 election and the pandemic was planned. Um, but it was an eye test. And so. I think that, um, you know, I've gotten a lot of positive response. The website's cooking with gas right now. It's, it's you know, popular. Um, we're very fortunate. Go ahead. Tell us about that. What's the, what's the URL? How can we get on your website? Yeah, yeah. Dangerous World Store. And uh, really all it is, it's literally just a merchandise website. Oh, of course, of course. All right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I ran through Shopify, so it's all legit. Um, if cool. you are sketched out of trying to get anything, you know, you, you can take it to Shopify. So it's good to go. Yeah. And people can go to altmediaunited.com uh, slash dangerous hyphen world. And you'll find all the links to the dangerous world podcast, as well as the link to that merch shop. So, yeah, I, I just wanted to make sure that there wasn't a new link I had to add to your page there, bro. <laughs> That's all. Oh, no. And dude, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate everything that you're doing for the podcast community, especially the smaller shows that are just trying to get, you know, a little bit of this, uh, you know, get their thoughts out and shit like that. Yeah. And um, that we have, yeah. This has been really cool, dude. Give Brandon our best. And oh, he will. He doesn't, he doesn't accept it though, but yes, I will. <laughs> I will. Great. <laughs> Well, we're looking forward to setting up a swap cast pretty soon. We're going to have Jay Dyer on the podcast tonight. So look forward to that. Uh, and uh, yeah, man, be in touch. Hell yeah. Well, you guys have a good night. Thanks for uh, touching base with me, man. Of course. Anytime. We'll be back in touch soon. All right. Take care, guys. Peace. Peace, Ryan. Sending Jay Dyer. And Chris is back. Chris is back. Hello, I'm Chris. Back. I caught the end of that one. Very cool. <coughs> Paranoid American coming in any moment now. We also got Jay Dyer on the podcast. If I can just send the goddamn link. Right. That one's at uh, eight, right? Yes, sir. All right. Hello. Welcome. To the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast, Paranoid American. Can we call you by your first name? Yeah, yeah. You can call me Thomas. Thomas, welcome to the show, man. How are you today? Thanks, man. Thanks for, uh, for having me call in. I appreciate it. Oh, of course, of course. Thank you for sending me that Paranoid American gift package, I guess I can call it. I really appreciate you it. you got to remind me, what, what exactly did I send you? It, I think you got the last of a handful of things. Very cool. Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, those, most of it went to uh, Sam Tripoli, so it's in good hands, but yeah, it was a couple 
postcard-sized Disney kind of Werner von Braun infographic. And then I got a couple of the MK Ultra pamphlet type comic book strip pamphlets. And then there was one a particular comic book that I don't remember because I like I said, I gave it to Sam when I saw him that month. And then, uh, yeah, a couple other things that I, I gave to Sam. And I'm pretty sure it was just postcards and, of course, a sticker, a Paranoid American sticker, which I did keep. You know what the comic, the Time Samplers comic? That's exactly what it was. Time Samplers. Yes. Sam Triple. Awesome. Yeah, that was, I think that was like the last, the last one that I, I had printed. So I'm, I'm glad it's in the game. Yeah, very cool. So tell us a little bit about what you're up to at Paranoid American. I mean, you reached out to me over Instagram and we made this connection and I've been checking out your work ever since. You recently hooked me up with a, a couple people to get a logo from, and you're going to be working on a, a really awesome animated logo for our show, which, you know, we appreciate that, man. So tell us a little bit more yeah, about sure. Paranoid American. So kind of in context with what we were talking about there, I've got a, a history where I, I worked for about 10 years or so. And while I was there, I got to interact with, you know, all kinds of great 3D artists and animators and audio, you know, sound engineers. And while I was there, I just kind of got the bug where I've always been kind of a spirit at heart. And originally, I, I tried to kind of fade out through music, but it wasn't the perfect medium for it. So while I was there, I just got really big into trying to get all my co-workers to help me on some kind of conspiracy-related video or song or logo or whatever the entire time I was there. And now, I mean, that was a while ago. And I've just finally been continuing that for the last decade or so. So it's kind of spanned all over the place. The Time Samples comic that we mentioned, that was kind of the, the first thing I had ever put together. And that was sort of the kitchen sink of everything all in one. For example, it covers uh, the Federal Reserve, the Titanic. So I kind of called the kitchen sink because it was like every thought I ever had in my head. But over the years, I've, I've been developing a bunch of other ones too. So some of the ones I'm excited to send you soon. Um, one of them is called Never a Straight Answer, NASA. And this one's about Stanley Kubrick directing the Apollo moon landings. It's kind of a humorous perspective where the comic itself isn't about the moon landing. It's kind of more of like all the mundane shit that um, just goes on behind the scenes. Another big one, you mentioned one of the artists that I sent you, his name is Rosh's Nike, he goes by. And we're working on a comic called Secret Mystery School, which is based on uh, secret teachings of all ages. Originally, I was very ambitious, and I just kind of wanted to maybe illustrate or animate uh, secret teachings. But that's, you know, such a, a huge endeavor. But it kind of turned into sort of like a, a spoof on uh, Secret Teachings mixed with Harry Potter. It was also kind of like a Sony movie. Uh, so, I mean, I've, it's kind of gone the whole gamut. Very cool. And I actually found the pamphlet. It's Paranoid Pamphlet MK Ultra issue. It's the first edition uh, of the ongoing series of Paranoid Pamphlets. Is there more out yet, or is this just uh, the first one that's around? There are. There's, there's a second one that's been written and just needs the, the artwork done. And then the third one is kind of in the concept phase. The big shift is that these pamphlets were made pre-pandemic, essentially. And the original idea is that I live here in Orlando, and I was going to just get a bunch of people that I know that work and basically live in the parks to just kind of drop them all over the place for tourists to pick up and other kind of high traffic areas. Uh, so they're, they're modeled after chick tracks, which are 
were sort of like not a conspiracy base, but they were like very heavy religious based pamphlets that were kind of similar. Where if it was like if you were a biker, then you need to you know stray away from the path and get back to Jesus. Or if you uh, enjoyed Halloween, it was kind of like that was a Satan's playground. Well, this one was about MK Ultra. It's not you know religious themed, but the problem is that as soon as pandemic hit the chance of people walking around and just grabbing random shit off of, you know, pay phones or that they find on counters and stuff, it kind of dropped to zero along with the attendance in the parks and everything. So the original inspiration to get these things mass produced and just kind of put all over the place, it kind of didn't, you know, didn't go along with what the world had in store. So the second book I am working on, I just got to find a better format for it. It's going to be about public education. Although that's interesting since everything's been remote, like the world of education kind of been flipped upside down as well. Yeah. Wow. I mean, to hear it all that, I didn't even realize the endeavor you're taking on, but that's that's really awesome, man. I, I can relate to that. I used to make these really cheap stickers that I printed on like sticker paper that I found somewhere. And I would put, you know, information about vaccines like thermarisol. And this was again, pre COVID. And I would just kind of stick them at bus stops and say like, you know, thermarisol equals mercury, mercury equals poison, just to kind of like, get that message out there and also there was like a little needle on it and then you know a year later (laughs) you know right on the nose i was with those stickers but i love it man that's the kind of thing that i was talking about i forget who i had on the show but it's like even if you don't want to go and take up the freaking means to record your own voice and put your face out there on the internet there are so many things you can do to get this information out there. And a talented guy like you, who's got all these ideas in his head, who knows other talented people, you kind of have done that. You've, you've aggregated those people's talents uh, under one cause. And I love it, man. I think it's brilliant. And I, I, well, I, I like it or not, just, just to be honest, a lot of the time I, I find some of the years of collaborating with end product is amazing and everything you wanted you don't necessarily always get them on board and they might not always even kind of like understand the full end product, you know, like they can draw really well or they can break a script really well and and vice versa, but it doesn't always mean that the information kind of sticks. So um, that's, that's a whole other challenge in itself. Cause you know, just cause you can get a team together that'll produce it. You got to make sure that the end result actually has some kind of message. So, I'm actually curious. What did you get from the MK Ultra pamphlet? Because that was that was such an, an ambitious idea. Um, not just because the amount of scope that MK Ultra truly, you know, conveys, but on top of that, trying to find any sort of source of truth. Where uh, one one of the biggest ones was finding out what the actual specific subproject meant. There's a few sources online, including the the CIA's website, where it kind of lists like the, the rough names of various subprojects, but depending on, you know, where you go and, and what type of research you do, one of the most, I'm just going to make numbers up here, but one of them will say, you know, subproject 32 was about brain concussion research. And you'll find another source that has brain concussion research and it has subproject 32, but those aren't the same thing. 32 would have been from the Ruba Witch Doctor study. And, you know, the, it's, it's kind of weird because it's like, the information matches up somewhat, but so much things that contradict each other that it's really hard. So, so for this first pamphlet, my biggest goal was to try to keep the, the absolute speculation to a minimum and just cite the things that um, 
were easy to kind of like verify through multiple sources. Yeah, no, and I'll tell you what, we've had Chris Milligan on the show who mentioned some of this stuff, but 1951, Pont Saint-Esprit, I would imagine that's how French people would say it, but that was when they, they, you know, caused this mass hallucination of 250 people. That's in your in your pamphlet. And the other one that I had no idea about was Operation Third Chance, where they did the same thing. Uh, similarly, they were testing LSD in Europe and Germany uh, as late as 1961. But yeah, all of these, I mean, Ken- but There was also Operation Derby Hat. There was, there was a number of them where it was basically they would take the, the template and just do it in a different portion of the world. And they would just give it a different name, but it, it was essentially just rolling out the same thing to see how different populations reacted to it. And that be first of all, Chris Logan is, is uh, like an absolute idol to me. I think when I first started, I hounded him with all kinds of questions, and I got him on the phone a couple times and just got his opinion on getting into like sort of avenue. For anyone that doesn't know, he's the publisher of uh, Trine Day, right. uh, him, and, him and his son, I believe. And he was actually was so, so awesome early on. I think he sent me the entire sentence. He sent me the perfectibles. You know, I think I had like two copies, so I've been giving that around to people. Uh, he he was you know monumental in helping me kind of get started and and giving me the motivation to like yeah you can do it, but you just kind of got to do it by yourself. Yeah, wow, that's fantastic. I didn't know you had that connection. It's really cool. I, uh, I I wouldn't call it a connection. It was more like I just kept pounding him until I found the contact, and he admitted to, to talk to me a few times. I did the same thing for the. Uh, above top secret uh foreign moderator that got in touch with them this one was uh, me hounding someone but uh, if you've heard of the website vigilant citizen yeah. um it's pretty pretty big i actually know that the guy that runs that from way back when we were both um music producers in the, the mid to late 90s and i don't even think they talked about conspiracy theory back then we just talked about uh NPCs over the years it was it was so weird because i kind of like reached out to him to see how he was doing and realized that he was running one of these, you know, main conspiracy websites. Yeah, wow. Okay. I know exactly. Yeah, Vigilant Citizen. I've always been a little bit suspicious of that website. I didn't know where it truly came from, but I'm paranoid myself. So, <laughs> but yeah, Chris Milligan, when he was on the show, it was big synchronicity because Skull and Bones is a huge kind of point of interest in my life being so uh, close to it growing up in Connecticut. I wonder if you plan on doing anything in the future on Skull and Bones. There might be some some things I could advise you on or maybe take some pictures of like parts of the campus so you have like a reference for your artists. But yeah, please let me know. I'd, I'd love know. that. Actually, there's, there's one thing in particular. Um, I don't know if you'll be able to track this down because I've spent I'd, I'd say eight months of, of hounding, um, but in, man, there was an expose where a, a student paper, um, I believe it was called Crimson Tide, they actually had someone like break in and take pictures of the coffins themselves, and I, they said some skulls that were in kind of like a display case, along with a few other pictures that haven't been revealed since then. And I've, I've found so many references to this issue of Crimson Tide. And I've, I called the, you know, the archive and I talked to a number of different people and I got far enough to where I got, you know, enough to respond back to me. And they eventually said that they just couldn't find it. And without me going there in person and, and hounding them, I don't think that it'll ever kind of be revealed. But there's, I can 
find the exact volume and, and date for you. But I, I've been dying to find this. It's the only, it's the only um, version that I know that wasn't kind of like leaked with questionable sources. This was someone that actually broke in, and there was a little bit of a kind of a kerfuffle about it. But it was, it was early on enough. I think it was in the eighties or very very early nineties that you know it, it, the internet didn't exist, so it kind of just got like published and brushed on the rug, and that's it. But there has to be you know, physical copies of it somewhere. Apparently it's not in the microphone. Yeah. Yeah, no, there is that uh, strange, like, ABC, I think, footage of some young journalist kind of climbing up on top of the campus or maybe a student. They sent the video into the the local news station, but that's the, that's like the most recent kind of thing of that nature that I know of. Uh, I haven't heard of this before and yeah i'm excited man let's look into it after after we're done talking please send me the the numbers there and then i'll probably have to call you back and talk to you off air about how i'll actually track it down but yeah dude i'm down i love it that's kind of that's kind of the the direction of the show i feel like i feel like what i'm really excited about what i initially was excited about was like being able to have conversations with folks like Chris Milligan, whose work I've known about before I ever thought I could have a podcast. But now what I'm excited about is what we as a podcast are going to uncover. And I think you're someone who we're going to have on uh, more often because this has been really interesting, dude. Like to the past, what is it? I'd love to, man. I, I can share with you on specifically Phil and a lot of, I mean, I've, I've got a long list of, um, kind of groups that I've been really deep into. Like, I can just sprinkle them off the top of my head. Uh, Carbonari, uh, a huge one, Oceans, Real Society, Full Society, The Black Hand, Council of Seven, Palladium Ray. There, there's, some, there's some more announced, uh, the Hout Bentley Romain. Yeah, I, I could, I would love to, to hammer all that stuff out with you. I'm, I'm curious to ask you, what do you think that the origin of Skull and Bones is? Well, like the pre-American origin. From what I've researched, it says that the reason why that number 322 is so significant is because it was founded in 1832, right, in the United States, but it was the second chapter of a German organization at a school where Heigl taught. And it's funny, I just was at a used bookstore yesterday in on campus, and there was this whole section in the philosophy area, Hegel, which is like... You know, their wet dream. They love that guy because he had this whole philosophy of the the state being revered as God and the absolute power. And so he was really kind of like a fascist in the sense. And that was also uh, around that same uh, culture of Austro-Hungarian type of like supremacy. They had this very like military form of schooling. So I think uh, uh, yep, the, the the Prussian system that kind of goes what it is yes yes that goes really deep into my my public education paranoid pamphlet that I've been working on where, where essentially it was I'll get some of this wrong because I'm a little bit rusty it's been like a year since I was deep into the script on it but uh, after the Napoleonic Wars they were like how did we lose and they eventually almost like a military strategy of okay we need to start early and and, you know, apply it to children and get it into the schools and then set up this entire system of degrees and licenses and certificate, you know, certifications. And it's all just kind of a way to unofficially blacklist people. It's like the inversion of a blacklist thing, um, but it just kind of came widespread and baked into everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, 
the reason I love this stuff so much is because it does kind of all branch and kind of meld together. Like I naively, I am definitely trying to kind of do that Sherlock Holmes thing where you kind of um, trace the sort of like the ribbon thread all the way through because it all kind of connects in, in some ways. Absolutely. Well, I am Tom. This has been great. Can I call you Tom or do you prefer Thomas? I don't really care. Man. You call me Thomas. Awesome. Well, Tom. Thomas T. Whatever. Tommy. This has been cool. I hope everybody goes and checks you out, Paranoid American on Instagram. What other uh, links do you have to share so people can? Is there a website people should go to? Is there? Yeah, please. Uh, ParanoidAmerican.com. Right now, you can read a lot of our comics for free, um, at least a lot of previews of them. And the MK Ultra pamphlet we were talking about is also on there. You can also easily get that by just going to MKUltraComics.com. And that'll pull that entire pamphlet up and you can read it start to finish for free. And I also point out that on most of the there's that MK Ultra comic online, and also even for like my Time Scampers comic, whenever there's a mention of a certain conspiracy theory or um, like an MK Ultra sub project, you scroll down, I've got footnotes and I try to link the best I can to a lot of tri day publications, but also a lot of kind of you know, directing stores, articles, things like that. So. Anyone that is reading this and, and kind of is like, oh, I don't believe that, or wow, that's interesting, I want to know more about it, you can go down the rabbit hole right there. Yes, the bibliography. That's the sign of that you got a good book in your hands when you got a big bibli- bibliography or sources in the back, those appendixes and whatnot. But yeah, man, this is this has been fun. I'm excited to plan uh, a longer conversation with you, and I look forward to uh, reading those comics. I know Jay, Jay's into comics more than I am, really, so I, I'm hoping that he gets into them because yeah, he's not really a fan of podcasts, folks, well, to you, be honest. What the hell, Mark? You're <laughs> me out, dude. Uh, <laughs> Mark, didn't you give me one of those pamphlets? Or I, the, I did. Yeah, I did give you one of those, Jay. So, yeah, oh, please yeah. go to their website, but... This has been fun, man. We'll talk to you soon. Take it easy. Have a good night, dude. Thank you, man. Appreciate you having me on. I'll talk to you again soon. All right. Peace. Peace. Hey, what's going on, Mike? Mark, what's up, brother? Welcome to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. You are on, Mike. Are we on? We are on. What's going on with you? For those who don't know, Mike Romanelli, he is the co-owner of the Dojo Comedy Club. He is the co-host of the Free Thinkers Society with Clint Esposito. I guess you're more of the host. Clint just runs the boards for you, right? Yeah. Well, yes, uh, that's definitely, yeah. It's uh, the Free Thinker Society with Mike Romanelli. Clint is my producer and co-host. Uh, Clint is also, uh, you know, he is the general manager of the Dojo, uh, Dojo East, and he also um, is definitely the co-host on No Carnival Parking. That's where we started together um, on a podcast. Right, No Carnival Parking. How can I forget? So what's going on? I know you guys got some uh, shows going on at the yeah. Dojo. Things are... 
turning around. Spring is in the air. I'm sure you guys are very busy there at TIFFs, but what's been, uh, what's new with yeah. uh, Free Thinkers? Well, as far as uh, comedy goes, you're right. Yeah, we are, we're in full swing. Uh, the comedy room is open. Uh, not many restrictions. Uh, this weekend we have the Reverend Bob Levy. A lot of people know him from the Howard Stern show and uh, on Opie and Anthony a bunch. Um, he'll be here this weekend. And uh, yeah, June is crazy. We've got tons of shows coming up. Um, lots of really, really good shows coming up. And uh, we just announced everything. I believe everything should be on the website today. Um, yeah, man. So the, the club is going great. Um, it's nice and getting warm out. Um, tons of shows booked. Can't wait for all that. And then you're asking me about what the Free Thinker Society. Yeah. Yeah. So with the Free Thinkers, um, yeah, we started doing two shows a week, which is great. I know for a while we weren't even really out of schedule, but now uh, we're we're up to two shows a week. And I mean, you're pretty much uh, you're part of the team now. So you know, you and Yusef are part of the team, which is amazing. So it's helping me crank more more shows out, and um, it's been a lot of fun, man. Absolutely, yeah. I gotta say, every time I go down to Tiffs, it's uh, it's a really good experience. Not only are you extremely hospitable but it's a cool place i mean even when i came down to see sam and tino sanchez who we just had on the uh phone uh previously as well oh, as nice. brian holtzman who uh he kn- he awesome. knew you he he mentioned you as a matter of fact he was like oh well you know my he said he was gonna be there uh, um maybe i shouldn't nice. say but he already did september 11th he said he's gonna be there oh nice he's like, awesome okay yeah so it's not fully announced yet but yeah, we're working on something right now, which is uh, I'm super excited for. Brian is one of those one of those comics that I've always wanted to bring out to New Jersey. Um, so yeah, we we got that we got that going. Um, not finalized yet, but that's awesome. If he announced it, then hey, now was Tino on or Sam on the show? Uh, I called Tino up just like I'm calling you up, and then we had Brian in over Zoom because I felt like. Uh, his oh, facial awesome. expressions would be yeah. a part of it for my co-host who had never, uh, I don't think Jay or Chris had ever really seen Brian before. I'm a huge fan, but they actually, yeah. Chris stepped oh. out to get, uh, get some food and, and Jay's on his way back. He's just grabbing a beer, but it's funny. You oh. know, I got to say, Mike, when I met you, you oh. strike a incredible resemblance to Chris. So I'm, I want him to jump back on here. Oh, cool. Not that it matters because you won't be able to see him anyways. But yeah, man, I got to say, it's really been uh, a pleasure joining you on the Free Thinker Society. I mean, it's really an honor as well. But you had Megan Cush on recently. New Jersey has legalized cannabis. You and I have smoked a a blunt together before, a joint together. You know, what are your thoughts on this uh, this new legal New Jersey cannabis? I mean, are you excited? What's uh, what's the atmosphere Um, like? Well, I'm very, um, oh, um, oh. yeah, so I'm very excited. Sorry, my wife just texted me. I had to read that real quick. Uh, right. No, my, my, um, so with cannabis, I'm super excited, but it, it goes to, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited. This is something that as a kid, I thought, I thought it would, I would never even see it. You know, I would read about legalization and all this stuff, and I thought it would be something I'd be like an old man. I, I can't believe it's here. So I'm very excited. However, I also just want to make sure that we do the right thing. And there's tons and tons of people that are, are locked in cages right now because of a plant that comes out of the ground. 
that is really just uh, medicinal. So I really hope uh, New Jersey does the right thing and 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 gets a lot of people out of jail and cleans up records. And a lot of lives have been ruined and people are, are unable to get jobs and families are destroyed. So I really hope we do the right thing and, um, you know, and just do the right thing and, and, and get people out of jail. And so it's an, it, it, it's an exciting time for sure that, 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 um, that all these drugs or not even really hate or drugs but all these medicines and are being decriminalized and legalized. It, it's great, but I just really hope we do the right thing. And I also hope we do the right thing and allow, um, growth. Because New Jersey is one of those really, really rough spots where you get caught with a plant and you're going to jail, you know? So I really hope that is, is done. Um, I don't hear anything. I hear no rumblings of that right now. Right now, I know it's still got so mandatory minimums. We get caught growing. Um, you know, I don't know if I'll tell your listeners this story, Mark. I'm pretty sure you've heard this before, but uh, I had a neighbor who was a Vietnam vet. Um, this guy was missing half his leg. And, uh, you know, I knew him for years, but just kind of wave. And he was an amputee. Um, and anyway, one day there was just uh, police everywhere, uh, you know, special agents, the whole block. You couldn't get onto the block. And like, what's going on? And the next day, you know, you see in the papers that, you know, this guy's wife, um, unfortunately, she, she, she died. And when the police came to check on her, they smelled, uh, they smelled cannabis, right? So it went from, they right away got warrants and stuff and ripped this guy's house apart. I guess he was growing. Um, and it turned out, you know, he had a couple plants going on and it was, he, he said to the police and all law enforcement that, you know, he didn't want to be on pain medicines and all this stuff. So he was just growing. Um, not, no excessive money was found, none of that stuff. Um, he just was growing because he didn't want to be on any of his medications and he was just medicating himself. Well, anyway, that, that man ended up doing like five years for a few plants. Um, and it's just horrible, horrible, horrible story. Um, no, I hadn't heard that before. And yeah, that's, that's unfortunate here. And even in places like California where it's been legal for almost a decade, I'm sure there's still people who are locked up and. um, Oh yeah. Or like, Las Vegas, right? I mean, I know that's a place that I know that's a spot where I'm not sure what the, the laws are like, but I know back in the day, you got caught with some weed. You're going to jail. You get caught growing. You're going to jail. I mean, there's people that get caught with coke and nothing would happen. You know, you get sent home the next day, whatever. But you get caught with these plants are growing. You're, you're in jail. So, you know, I just hope the right thing is done because a lot of people are just self-medicating or just really, in my opinion, just doing what is your your birthright. I mean, you should be able to grow any plant and ingest any plant, in my opinion. I think, I mean, honestly, I, I get a little cra- crazier with my views. I think all drugs should be legal or decriminalized. Um, I think we're all adults and we should make our own decisions, but it's really a shame when um, when these laws just really just destroy families and destroy, you know, people's lives forever. So uh, it's great. It's a great step forward and I'm really happy that that this is happening in New Jersey, but I just really hope that we do the right thing. I really do. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, things have been decriminalized for a couple of years here in Connecticut, so you feel a little safer, but 
you know, you never feel too safe. You know, I mean, anytime you smell like bud, you always got to worry the wrong person's going to smell you. Even in those legal states, you know, there's people have a problem with uh, pot smokers. I remember in Colorado, I went out there, me and uh, my co-host did in 2016. uh, And there was like, you know, rumors that oh well it's cool in denver but don't go over here you know because the cops Mm -hmm. are still assholes about it you know and we wanted to just like drive through the desert down to pueblo but i think that was what stopped us is like shit we don't want to be on some long highway with an out-of-state plate and Mm -hmm. you know get get you know flagged down for a dui because they know we're smoking pot you know so it's definitely there are still risks even when you know you're in a state where it's legal and and obviously you know the point uh that you're making about growing i think is so important because otherwise these corporations who screwed people over with poisoning tobacco and all the other holistic medicines that have been bastardized i mean they're just going to do the same thing with cannabis and that's exactly what megan cush said when she was on uh the freethinker society with us i hope people go back and and listen to that because she's definitely a uh you know a cannabis warrior oh, yeah. and so to speak she sent me a, a package apparently um oh nice man yeah i don't I, I don't know when it's coming in the mail i hope i didn't already like assume you know <laughs> but yeah i don't know man i it's been a few weeks. She said she was going to send me something. Megan, if you're listening, <laughs> where's my crush cream? But, uh, but, yeah. but yeah, Megan, Megan is, Megan is, um, after doing my research on her, yeah, I mean, she is one of the OGs of, uh, you know, decriminalization um, across the board. Country. So that was really cool. It's all about an honor. That was an honor just to have her on and talk to her. And I was happy Absolutely. you were a part of that. Um, and she's, you know, She's a big fan of um, of of Sam and even even yours. She said later on. Um, I think I told you that later on when I, I talked to her off air, I, I said you know that, that you were there. And she's like, no way, that was Mark. She knew exactly who you were, and she's a fan. So uh, I just I think it's an honor that she listened to us because uh, after I did my research, those are the type of people that I'm a fan of. You know, people that really are out there uh, trying to change, trying to really make change in this in this crazy uh, crazy world we live in absolutely man absolutely yeah it's it's really it's really a pleasure to be around people like that because they're empowering you know i find that when i'm living my best life is when i have that mission in mind you know that i i said to myself years ago and i've kept on that mission of of spreading the truth and and sticking to my gut uh and what my intuition is guided me to do you know and i think you're somebody i resonate because you're very much uh, on that similar path you've done a lot to explore the different realms of consciousness you've traveled around and you know seen a lot of things gained a lot of experience what were some of the uh if you have time maybe some uh some experiences that you had uh because i just did mushrooms the other night and I wish my co-host was here for this because he could tell you the story better than I can. It didn't, it didn't go so well, but it was fun. Overall, it was okay. a positive experience. <laughs> what happened, Mark? Oh gosh, maybe we'll why am wait. I hearing this? Why am I hearing this for the first time now? I talk to you so much. Let me hear about this. What happened? Oh man! All right, so I'll, I'll spill the beans. I did. I I ate one mushroom. Okay, a blue mushroom 
It's all right. It was, you know, white, pale white with blue on it. I eat it. I go about my day. And my co-host is a drummer in a, a band called Mighty Tortuga. And nice. okay. we went to a show and I'm just hanging out with our other buddies, just five and I was feeling parched. And my friend only had beer. So I drank a beer and I was excited to drink the beer because it was my favorite beer. Okay. And then after that, I decided, you know, I'm just going to indulge further and smoke a blunt. Which okay. was probably the mistake I made because then I felt like my blood pressure kind of uh, lightened and like I was going to faint. And I've had this feeling before. You know how tall I am when you're this yeah. tall. Sometimes you get a little lightheaded. Uh, mm -hmm. But it was that feeling. And I remember looking at my friends and them looking at me and I'm thinking like, I'm going to faint. And then the next thing I know, my friend is like holding my knee, like waking me up. And I'm like sitting in his, in the front seat of his car, you know, because we were leaning up against a car in a parking lot, you know, at this show um, at, at the back in the back of this restaurant. So it was like, yeah, it was a it was a rough one, but I ended up uh, having like a really profound kind of moment that night afterwards. And uh -huh. I think since then, I've really been uh, feeling different in a really positive way because I did have a kind of dark night of the soul, so to speak, right there, you know, like and I, and and as soon as I woke up out of like fainting, that's mm -hmm. when the mushroom started like really hitting me with like the visuals and just like, you know, coming out of losing consciousness was just really weird uh, on wow. mushrooms. Yeah. And then plus the music was playing because Jay's band had just finished. So the next uh, speak of it, speaking of here he is, my co-host joining no, in the meeting now, Jay. Uh, is connecting to audio as we speak. Jay, I was just telling Mike the uh, story of what happened uh, at your show at the uh, oh my God. at the cellar. Please, would you uh, maybe give your version of the story since Mike heard my version of the story? Well, it's, it's nice What's up, Jay? Mike, hello. <laughs> you guys can, you guys can hear me. Um, I hear you. Okay, good. Uh, I got this weird notification from Zoom about my audio, but anyways, I just I stopped playing and uh, we I go over to chill with my friends, Mark included, and somebody said so, I swear somebody said something to him along the lines of like, uh, like how you feeling, Mark, or I, something like that, and all of a sudden he just like. It looked like a like a drama theater act. Like he did this giant like, oh, and then like fell back on the car and then completely slid from the car all the way to the pavement. And he was in like this weird like, uh, weird ball on the ground, right? So then mm -hmm. we were like, we were like, okay, dude, like we gotta, uh, you gotta get up now. Like we all thought he was joking. We're like, all right, Mark, get off, get off the floor, oh. and he's not moving so i go over to i pick him up off the ground like like he's not he's sitting i have him under his armpits his head rolls back his eyes are rolling in the back of his head that's when yeah. i was tripping at this point oh, i'm like i'm like dude this this is not good so but i kept 
I didn't want to say that. So I'm just like, dude, you're good. Dude, are you with us? Like, <laughs> hello, dude, you're, you're feeling great. Come on, wake up, get back to us. Uh, we got him like up on his feet. He, he said something. I forget what he said. He said something. And then he went down to the opposite side again. And, oh, and then I tried to get him up uh, again. And at that point, we were like, oh, shit, we got to get him in my car. And we got him in my car. Oh, my I, was, God. I was still just like, dude, at that point, his eyes were open. I was like, dude, are you with me? Can you hear me? Do you feel me touching your leg? I was like trying to orient orientate. <laughs> so we called it the triple the triple crossfade uh, dunk under the Subaru because I got triple crossfaded <laughs> and then dunked myself under Jay's Subaru. Oh, my God. Oh um, my but- God. You know, Mike, you've seen me before. Oh, I'm man. a big guy. I'm yeah. tough. I bruise my shoulder. I bruise my ear a little bit. But overall, Jay is just, <laughs> you know, a dramatist. He's a very emotional Adam will person. swear he heard he, – Adam says that he heard your head through his feet hit the ground <laughs> twice. Well, well Adam – Adam was eating some Joey Diaz stars of death. So, oh my God. I don't know if I trust Joey or uh, Adam, but how hot was it? Uh, were you really hot? No, you know what? Yes, he was sweating. He started to sweat, dude. You know what it was? It wasn't the temperature of the environment that night. Mm -hmm. It was, it was the fact that I hadn't eaten a lot that day. And then I had Mm -hmm. like that killer combo of mushrooms, beer, and a blunt. And, And that, yeah, that just made me get real lightheaded. And then, yeah, I was sweating a lot because after you faint, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but at, typically mm-hmm. after I fate, I get like a cold sweat when I come back yeah. too, you know. But it was actually like a really, I mean, I couldn't kind of like, it wasn't that I couldn't say anything. It was just, it was a mix of like being embarrassed that I fainted. Yeah, right. Uh, and like also kind of like, why did I do that? Like, why did I kind of, to do the three things at once and then it dawned on me why and then I just kind of sat there and thought about like my choices and and had a really like deep philosophical kind of thought process with myself and I and you know the next day I made this uh, YouTube video uh, narrating a book from Neville Drury about shamanism and it just kind of brought some really interesting things to mind like you know when you do go through something like that that you know could be painful you come out the other side stronger i don't know if you've had any situations like that where you've you know hit your head but have you had psychedelic experiences where you're pushed past the brink mike yes yes i've had quite a few man quite a few and uh quite a few and exactly like what you're saying where you get pushed um and then you know it can get very scary and things can be crazy and then later on you're like wow this is very this was a very profound experience that's really changed my life. Um, yeah, man. So that one experience for myself um, that I've spoken about quite a few times on different podcasts was my last ayahuasca uh, ceremony is the one with Baphomet or Baphomet showed up. Um, and, you know, I've said that with on Sam's show. I've talked about it on Tommy G's Discord and on my podcast a couple of times. And a couple of listeners <clears throat> have contacted me and asked me recently more recently they've been asking like so you know you talk about that experience a lot but what, what did it actually do for you you know what do you think that was all about and i've really been thinking about that a lot lately and i actually want you to be on the show uh mark when we 
I would have my buddy who was there, um, and it was like his second time ever doing any kind of plant medicine. He actually had a, I brought him to this ceremony. That was a really special ceremony, and this whole thing happened to me. And he was, uh, he had to help me out, and I was sweating for profusely sweating, and pretty much took almost all my clothes off. It was just cold sweating, and he was in this apartment in New York City, and it was really, really crazy. And I do want to um, really talk about what, what did document, what did I learn from it, you know? Um, and I think I learned a lot, and I really, really been processing that. And this is like, this happened to me almost two years ago. Um, and I'm still to this day getting, just getting lessons from that experience. Um, so yeah, I've been in that, I've been in that position a bunch of times. And it's funny you say that, Mark, because anytime I've had very negative experiences, or we'll call it like a negative experience on psychedelics, it's always been with the safer one. Uh, it's always been with the mushrooms. It's always been with ayahuasca. It's always been with stuff where you always hear, oh, you're not going to die. Or, you'll be okay with this stuff. But I've had some really, really rough experiences, exactly like what you just said, with mushrooms, um, ayahuasca, things like that. Stuff that I know I'll be okay. But a lot of times it was I either smoked, like you said, maybe I drank too much, maybe I mixed something. Um, and... Um, but obviously, you know, I'm fine once it's over and a lot to be learned. Those, 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 uh, those plants uh, teach you a lot. You know, those, those plants are your teachers. And, um, you know, hey, I'm still here, still alive. You're still here. So what are the lessons you get from them, you know? Um, Absolutely. And, they, you know, some, some major stuff. As long as you don't hit your head or you don't drive and hurt someone, you know, uh, it could be, you know, I remember for, for myself when, when it was happening, I was, I mean, like, like I'm telling you, I, I had, I took off almost all my clothes. I was down to like, and I'm not one of those guys that like take my shirt off and like, you know, I'm not even that dude. Like I'm like one of those people that I'm very, uh, I'm not that person. You know what I mean? I'm in this, I'm in this ceremony. I'm like down to my boxes. I was telling my one friend, like the shaman, the shamans were like sending me packages with all my clothes. So like weeks later, so embarrassing. I was getting like the GPS to my house. It's just like all my all my clothing. Um, and uh, I was supposed to be more the experienced person in this ceremony and whatever. Whatever happened, happened. But, you know, um, you know, just a lot, a lot. So about what I was saying is while this was happening, uh, the, the shaman kept saying to me, she's like, you know, go, you got to go through this, Michael. You got to go through this. This is ego death. This is ego death. And I'm like, you know, no, man, like, I, I know what ego death is. This is something different. I think I'm actually dying. She's like, just go through it. You've got to go through it. And I was fighting, you know, when you fight, when you resist, that's when things get even crazier when you're having these psychedelic experiences. Um, when you start fighting them, you, uh, it will be a lot worse. You know, that's, that's one thing. You got to just go with it. You've got to go with the flow. You got to let it happen. Um, and, and, and just know, know that you're going to be okay. Now you start thinking about all the different substances you put in your body or drinks you had or whatever you had, you know, you're not supposed to have. Well, that's all. That's kind of the plant's just teaching you, like telling you, like, yeah, you fucked up. You're supposed to drink. You're supposed to whatever you're doing, right. you know? Right. And um, you know what? It, I, I don't want to give the wrong impression to people. I didn't like take some hero dose and drink a bunch of beers. Like I had no. one gram and then I had, you know, one beer, one beer. and then <laughs> like probably two blunts throughout the whole night. But yeah, it was <laughs> definitely, okay. yeah, but still. You know, yeah, and you're right, you're right, and I don't want to scare anybody. I'm absolutely fine. I'm okay. Um, but yeah, Mike, he did I did his head. Oh he my did god, it his head. I'm fine. 
He's okay though. I know what you're saying. He's good. Though. <laughs> yeah. Good. But we got uh we got Jay Dyer jumping on uh as a guest pretty soon, Mike. But I definitely awesome. want to plan a time. Obviously, you're a busy guy. You got a successful business you're running over there, a yeah. comedy club that's going on strong and I'm excited to bring Jay down there because I'm sure he'd love to come see a show and check oh, out yeah. the studio and all that. But yeah, man, yeah. this has been fun. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say, I was going to say, uh, Jay, you're more than welcome to come anytime. Oh, Obviously, Mark feels comfortable. I'm happy you feel comfortable enough that you invite people down because that's, that's what I love. I just want everyone to feel like they're in my home when they're in my studio or my comedy club or having dinner in my restaurant. Um, I yeah, appreciate that so much, Mike. So yeah, man, anytime, anytime, anybody listening to this um, that wants to come out to New Jersey and hang out, um, to the shows, go to tipscomedy.com or check us out on, on Instagram or any of that stuff for the Dojo of Comedy East and Sam Tripoli post a lot of stuff. And yeah, anybody, please come out and, uh, you know, everyone's welcome. Any of the people in the, the, the swarm, they're always welcome. And, you know, I just, that's, that's what I like to do, man. Just make people feel comfortable. Right. Yeah. Well, we don't have a swarm kind of vibe yet for our podcast, but if we ever did, I think we'd call them the crazies. <laughs> I love I'm sure you get some of the swarm. That's what I mean. Yeah, we, we do. I, I will say that uh, most of our Patreon a, uh, subscribers are also supporters of Sam. So they're very, there's a lot of crossover. We appreciate all the love. And obviously, people who listen to this show should go check out the Free Thinker Society because I'm going to be making more regular appearances on there. I'm really happy to do that, man. It's a pleasure. Yeah. And hey, uh, yeah, so Mike, let's, let's get in touch uh, soon as usual. I'll be talking to you soon. And uh, Obviously, people can look forward to a Mike Romanelli episode in the near oh, future yeah. from My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. But Mike, hey, guys. thanks for your time, thank man. You. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Mark, call me when you get off the air. Uh, yeah, definitely call me. I want to talk about this a little bit more. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for having me on. And uh, yeah, guys, you guys are always welcome in the studio for any show. Thank you so much. Will do, Mike. I might even call you tonight. Take it easy, bro. Yeah. Call me, call me later. All right, talk to you later, guys. Thank you. Peace. Bye. Love him. <laughs> so, we're, so we're going to TIFFs. We're about to take a call from David Matheson. David Matheson was the guest on our fourth episode. He was the first author we ever had on the show. Uh, so it's uh, it's a pleasure to have him on. And I'm telling him right now that it's just voice, no video. And remember the first time we had him on, it was like bad connection and we could only do 40 minutes. And then he was nice enough to come back into another Zoom meeting. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes, it was. Yeah, Jay, come on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, any moment now he'll be calling in. Uh, we should play some music right now. It's been it's been a lot of hours, Mark. Okay. Are you tired after all these interviews? Oh, he's calling now. David Matheson, you are on the air on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. How are you today, David? 
I'm okay. I'm doing well. How you doing, Mark? Ah, oh, dude, I'm so great, and I'm really excited to have you back on the show. We have uh, a big, big upgrade since you were last here. Uh, you know, you were so kind to join us on our fourth episode back when we didn't even have a Zoom uh, Pro account. So. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's really cool to have you back. I've been checking out your uh, Star Myths of the World book that you gave me, and I gave that yeah, trauma book over to um, to Sam. So I'm looking forward to setting up another interview with uh, you and him, and maybe you can get into that stuff uh, after he's actually read it, you know? <laughs> well, I'm sure he read it within the first two days, but, uh, you know, put everything else put everything else down and uh, jump right on it. But yeah, hey, thanks for doing that. And thanks for checking out Thermos of the World. Um, what'd you think? I love it. I think you did not only a great job of writing it, but I love how large it is. I mean, maybe it's because my hands <laughs> are big, but like the pictures are fantastic and everything uh, just kind of, I mean, for a book about something visual, it's, does a great job of conveying that visuality of it. You know, it's something you can take out on your back porch at sunset and, you know, read, you know, about the constellation that you're going to look at and when it gets dark, you know, it's really cool asset in, your, in anyone's. Oh, life. that's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for that. And yeah. So I was only on the fourth episode. Wow. I did not realize that, but uh, you know, I knew you were, you were getting started, but I, I, uh, you know, I really enjoyed my conversation with you and the gang there. It, uh, it, so what's, what's, what number are you up to now? So this will probably be in uh, the 40s because we just released our 40th episode. So we went from right. four, 4 to 40. Jay's here, by the way. Jay, you want to say hi to David? Hello, David. Hey. I don't know how the hey, audio Jay. is, but um, I can yeah, sounds good. good. Excellent. Yeah, we got some new equipment, and we're uh, we've been testing out this calling feature, and it's been working out pretty well. Excellent. Well, congratulations on making it into the forties. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You guys are getting old. Yeah. <laughs> we feel it. We feel it. It's a lot of you know. It's a lot of work to put two episodes out a week, folks. But it's a lot easier when we get to spend the time with really cool people like you uh, enough about us. I mean, obviously you're doing a lot. You were just with the Grimerica guys. Uh, where was that out in the, the Blacklands, right? Am I correct? Scablands. Scablands. Yeah, so I just, we just did two different events that both, both of which had been basically delayed due to 2020 uh, lockdowns and other things going on in 2020, obviously. So we had a whole group of people who, had been waiting for over a year for these events. And so these were events that it, it came about as an idea from Darren and Graham of Grimerica. And they started something called Contact at the Cabin. Right. And the first one is like a gathering of people who listen to the podcast, you know, anyone who wants to come hang out with Darren and Graham. And then uh, they, the first ones were, I think, pretty small and private. I don't know the whole history of it, but they, wanted to schedule some where they started to bring in guests as well. And so the first one that I did with them was in April of this year, which had been scheduled for early 2020. And it was in Bryce Canyon and Zion Canyon in Utah. And that was specifically around those 
specific locations were chosen for looking at the stars because it's beautiful high desert, dark night skies, dazzling views. And I was there as one of the guests that had been on the Grand America show, but also Brandon Powell, who is a fantastic uh, martial artist. You know, that's his profession is he is a martial arts master and he runs a martial arts dojo or school where he trains uh, MMA, um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And he is also a Wim Hof trainer. You know, he's friends with Wim. Wow. And all the all the people who get trained for Wim Hof, Brandon is like the train the trainer, primary trainer, like one of uh, one of Wim's captains of the method. So it's breath work and it's cold work. So That's we did a that. great guy to have around when you're out hiking up those mountains, oh, out in the different climate, extreme ranges of temperature. What an asset! Yeah, that guy must have been indispensable. Uh, absolutely, and we we jumped into the Virgin River, which is a well, it was cold at the time we were there. The night that we looked at the stars, it got down to 26 degrees when we were out looking at the stars. But that was up at Bryce Canyon, which is 9,000 feet, over 9,000 feet where we were. But the, the river at the bottom of Zion Canyon is called the Virgin River. We, we took a little cold plunge into that. It was really exhilarating. But when I also wanted, I was working towards also is, the team of Grimerica also teamed up with the Brothers of the Serpent, which is Russ and Kyle, right. Russ and Kyle Allen. And so now it's like a, a team, you know, these are the leaders of these, uh, these expeditions. And that one was, uh, that one was in Bryce Canyon. Both the Snake Bros were there and Grimerica. And then just a couple of weeks ago, a little over a week ago, we finished another one, which had also been put back you know, pushed back because of 2023, they landed about a month apart from each other. So then I uh, was up in the scab lands of central Washington, the channel scab lands with Randall Carlson. And you guys know Randall Carlson? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So Randall is, you know, a figure of many talents, right? He knows wide ranging wisdom. Mm -hmm. And what he's most famous for is talking about the geology of the cataclysmic geology of the Younger Dryas impact theory, the ice sheets, the just mega floods that ripped through North America and elsewhere because of some cataclysm, probably in the 10,000 BC time frame. And I believe that that cataclysm is linked to also the loss of this ancient knowledge or the suppression of this ancient knowledge there's clear evidence around the world of advanced sophisticated stonework megalithic architecture uh, pottery that appears to be turned with power machinery before the dynastic egyptians all forgotten and graham hancock says we're a species with amnesia and it might even be more accurate to say like trauma-induced amnesia because there may have been some cataclysmic event that caused, you know, our history to get forgotten uh, or that ancient culture that was long before ancient Egypt, ancient China, ancient India, ancient Mesopotamia, the ancient civilizations of the Americas, they all seem to have a connected system of myth 
stuff that I talk about, they're all using, can be shown to be using the same system of celestial metaphor. And we find all these archaeological sites around the world which are using similar patterns of pyramids and ratios and processional numbers and all these things. So anyway, <laughs> we'll ask a simple question, get a long answer. We were up exploring the channeled scablands of Washington. It's like the Grand Canyon no one's ever heard about. It's a, it's absolutely breathtaking terrain and canyons and waterfalls and dry waterfalls that are like 10 times bigger than Niagara Falls, but that same horseshoe kind of shape, but now completely dry because it's like a massive amount of water came through, flowed through there, and then drained away. Wow. And that's why we love having you on, David, because we get those long answers that provoke such incredible thoughts, man. I mean, this is why I had you on episode four, because ever since I, you know, first heard you on the Great America show or wherever it was, you know, so many podcasts that you've been on now, it, it is, it's, you're, you're on to something so profound, man. And you do such a great job of, of laying the scene. And I think that really comes with the territory because stars as you you know really well know uh are that sort of framework through which humans have told each other stories and passed down this oral tradition that quite possibly yeah i agree with you i think it comes from this pre-diluvian age where humans were at a more advanced point a technologically b spiritually and c symbiotically with the planet itself and you know we talked to some pretty uh wild people since we first had you on the show who you know maybe say like oh this group's behind it or this group's behind it but i wonder you know you look at all these world cultures what are your thoughts on the phoenicians because that's a group of people that came up recently in one of our interviews that i've been getting more interested in yeah, good question. I, um, you know, I haven't really focused on them as much as probably I haven't heard your recent guest, but I have heard a lot of, you know, um, kind of speculation about Phoenicians related to Venetians, right? I don't, mm. I don't know if that's all. They may come up. Venice, you yeah. know, Venice was a powerful sea power, right? And in fact, you can, you know, ride boats right down through Venice. <laughs> so, the Phoenicians were a seafaring power uh, there in the Levant, where the you know the the eastern part of the Mediterranean. And in my first book, I talked a little bit about some of the evidence that Phoenicians visited the shores of the Americas in ancient times. There's a book called America BC, I believe, by uh, Barry Spell. If I'm not mistaken, this is going back. You know, over 10 years, probably since I've read it, but, um, you know, you, you can find Phoenician inscriptions. Now, this is contested or disputed or ignored by conventional academia, or they come up with explanations like, well, uh, maybe someone much later brought along an artifact out of a museum and dropped it here in West Virginia. But there's like a big stone with Phoenician writing that spells out the word of the sun god. Bell or Bale, which uh, you know we still have that we still have that that name in you know even in even in common names today or or uh, you know names still in use today like Annabelle. Bell is a 
is this son God and Anna? You know, do we have any words that sound like Anna that have to do with the sun or Earth's relationship to the sun or our circuit around the sun, which we we call an annual cycle? Yeah. So Anna Anna is a year, and Bell is a sun god, or Anna is the circle circle of the sun. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm kind of rambling with a little bit of. No, but you're onto something because Venetian. Yeah, I mean, I think they're important. I think they were wide ranging. I think they probably did have ships that could get across the oceans, and and the evidence appears to suggest that they did. But I'm not, I'm not tied into you know maybe whatever the theory is. But I have heard some theories about oh you know the the Phoenicians, Venetians, you know, they're still pulling the strings. They took over England, and now they're you know now they're running the world from England or something like that. Right, and and we were we were not uh, as far fetched as that in our interview with uh, Brad Olson because I I don't think that's too far fetched, but I just want to clarify because Brad Olson, you know, um, when he was on the show, mentioned that the Phoenicians had this kind of route through uh, America through the Great Lakes and then down the Mississippi and then past Florida up back towards Europe, and uh, yeah, it's just so fascinating, um, you know, this lost history whether it's relating to the the flood and you can find it with geological evidence like Randall Carlson does, or whether you can take a look at the universality of our ancient cultures and how they're all telling the same narrative and take that as, you know, and, and as you weave all these separate pieces together, it creates a, a new alternative, fresher to me, more truthful narrative than the one we're told in school. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. The 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 evidence, Mark and Jay, is pretty overwhelming that the conventional paradigm of human history, the conventional timeline, the conventional narrative that we're told from basically kindergarten all the way up through the end of college and grad school and then it gets continually reinforced with kind of conventional history channel or even references on the news is flawed and not just a little flawed. It's like, I say gravely flawed. Like it's so gravely flawed. It needs to be, it needs to be put out of its misery because it is in need of complete revision. It's in need of radical revision down to the root because there's no way well, you know, what I can prove, I think there is evidence for, for what your guest was talking about, Phoenicians, and we'll, and we'll circle back to that in a second, but I can prove, you know, I don't have a smoking gun of an Egyptian carving that says, we have based all our myths and sacred artwork on the stars. I don't have, that would be a smoking gun that proves it. Some people won't believe it until they find that, but the evidence is just overwhelming. You know, now I've published books that are amount to over 5,000 pages. And like you said, they've got lots of pictures. They've got star charts. I don't know how much more evidence people need that around the world, the myth of ancient Egypt, ancient Mesopotamia, the stories in the Bible are based on the stars. Ancient India, all those myths and stories in Sanskrit, the Mahabharata, Mahabharata, the 
Vedas, the Mahabharata contains the Bhagavad Gita, ancient China, ancient Africa, the 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 sacred traditions of the nations of Africa and Australia, the peoples of Africa, Australia, the Americas, the Maya, the cultures of the Pacific are all using the same system. And it's not a system that it's it's a system that is not easy to you can't say, oh, this would just pop up independently in all these places. There's enough uh, evidence I can point to that that shows these are connected in some way. And so that in and of itself, you know, the, the mainstream narrative doesn't know what to do with that. And you could say, well, maybe, you know, maybe somebody sailed around and, and gave it to all and, and spread it like Phoenicians or something or Egyptians. But even that doesn't really, that's, I don't think that's the best explanation because this crosses millennia. You know, the ancient Egyptians and the ancient Mesopotamians were long gone by the time, you know, the some of the islands in the Pacific might have been settled. Now, you know, that timeline we could argue about, and maybe, maybe there have been people there for tens of thousands of years. But in general, people uh, accept that some of those islands were discovered later by the Polynesian culture, sailing, you know, tremendous, uh, incredible sailing feats across, you know, in raising up the islands, these, these heroes like Kupe, and, you know. Um, so, you know, the Egyptians weren't still around, and yet their myths are using the same system. I think what is much more likely is there was, as we were saying before, some ancient, even more ancient predecessor long before the Phoenicians, long before the Egyptians, that was destroyed in some kind of earth cataclysm and, and so I call that, you know, before that was the very, very ancient culture, whatever it was, it was so ancient that it was as ancient to the Egyptians as the Egyptians are to us, or in fact, even more ancient, you know. And then, and then humanity kind of crawled back up, kind of where, you know, they probably like had to go underground almost literally because of maybe solar outbursts. Randall talks about maybe pieces of the comet went from the sun and caused you know, solar outbursts, Robert Schock has talked about solar outbursts causing the ground to become basically radioactive. People had to be underground. And then they finally, you know, after maybe a thousand years or several thousand years or however long, crawled back out and reestablished things. And that was the ancient civilizations like Phoenicia, Egypt. And they had more of it than we have. But maybe they didn't even remember all of it. And so what we have around the world is like pieces of a puzzle that just got scattered by a comet. You know, and so every different culture has different pieces of it, but you can see they all fit together. Yeah, yeah, no, and it's 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 something we were just talking about. I think with uh, previous caller, Paranoid American, who makes a comic book series, is like at first I was really excited about having guests on the show because I was such a big fan, and now I'm really excited about participating in this uncovering of the truth and finding new mysteries that are waiting to be solved. And I think you're somebody who is on that path in life. I mean, obviously not 
the Sherlock Holmes archetype. I don't think Sherlock had a surfboard, David, but you know, you were, yeah, you definitely pieced this all together, Maybe man. Did. <laughs> I don't know how you can discover anything without a surfboard, but no, I'm joking. <laughs> um, you know, I think what you're doing is really important, Mark and Jay, and because um, getting the message out into the world, as we've already kind of touched upon, the conventional narrative is flawed, but it's also protected. And it's also, you know, it's very hard to, you know, when I first started to discover this, I thought, oh, man, I'm going I'm to write to Oprah. And I literally did, you know, <laughs> write to Ellen. They're going to be so thrilled to find out the, uh, you know, the Bible is based on the stars and, you know, this, this unlocks a lot of things and this is, you know, this is going to help so many people. I really thought, oh, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be on all these talk shows and they're going to be, you know, excited to hear about it. <laughs> Boy, was I, you know, mistaken about that. Like, it's, it's, um, Start there's a narrative. <laughs> yeah, there's a narrative that doesn't, uh, you know, there's a narrative that is okay, and there's parts of the narrative that maybe aren't. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm about to get invited on those shows. But no, I, what I'm saying is, we have to. The alternative media capabilities that have, you know, <laughs> that have developed podcasts have reached so many people, and they're so powerful at presenting alternative evidence that people can consider and they can make up their own mind. But how can you even make up your mind if half of the evidence or 90% of the evidence or a whole category of evidence is like, well, that's not allowed to even be questioned. You know, what happened on September 11th cannot be questioned. And if you question it, you're a bad person and unpatriotic. I mean, I've, I've literally seen people say that. Well, if, if, if none of the, if a whole category of evidence is not even allowed to be questioned, how can people ever make up their minds for themselves? So it's really important what you're doing. And I try and support all podcasts, you know, as much as I can, because I believe it's really, really important. So keep, keep it up. Thank you. <laughs> keep it up. Thank you so yeah. much, man. I actually, I pulled this book off my shelf because I wonder, I probably end up sending it to you because I think you would really love it. It's called The Surfers of the Zuvuya, Z-U-V-U-Y-A, <laughs> by Jose Argalas. Or, or, or right. And, uh, you know, he's like a, a bear and company, you know, inner traditions author and oh, yeah, you know, yeah. about Mayan studies and new consciousness. But I just feel like it would be a perfect uh, book for you. Well, just, uh, yeah, just text, text me the name of it and I can, I can support him by getting it myself and you keep your copy to continue to consult. But that's very cool. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe, maybe these ancients were surfers. <laughs> because Easter Island, you know, there's, yeah. there's Moai on Easter Island, great waves there at Easter Island, or New Zealand, or um, you know, the coast of South America, great, great surfing there, and this is where ancient, uh, you know, ancient ruins are found. But uh, of course, I'm being a little bit. Well, speaking um, of which, playing, I mean, do you around. have any? Do you have any surfing uh, trips planned? I'm sure you live not too far <laughs> from the 
from the beach, but it's kind of like a foreign thing to us in Connecticut. We got to drive to like Rhode Island to catch some waves, but uh, yeah, like, you could go to Maine <laughs> or Maine, yeah, if you, you want to freeze. If you go to Long Island, I think you guys can surf in Long Island. <laughs> Yeah, if you want to, if you want to get stabbed in the foot with a needle, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, I'm, I'm just a simple, simple guy. I just surf around like the way I live here in California. But um, you know, there are some, there are some surf trips that I've been invited on, which we'll have to see what, what happens. Um, have to see what happens, but. Uh, but there's some there's something like consciousness changing transitional kind of anytime as a martial artist i can you know relate slightly to surfing in the sense that you know it's very uh body oriented i think what's really cool about surfing though in uh what's not really trans translatable in martial arts is your connection with nature you know flowing controlling your body controlling the board but also being in rhythm with nature i think that must have and continues to this day have a really beneficial effect on you your well-being i mean yeah it's uh it's something i want to try when i get the opportunity for sure yeah no it's it, i mean obviously it is your you know and if if everything is waves, um, you know, there's waves on all levels. What we're talking over right now is facilitated by waves and all energy, you know, is all <laughs> vibrations and waves. And, uh, you know, when you're out there surfing, actually the chili peppers have a, have a line in one of their lyrics called, uh, behind the sun is the name of the song is from their, Uplift Mofo Party Plan album, which I think came out in 87. Um, and uh, they say, the one who listens to the surf can feel the pulse beat of the earth. That's a line in that song. And, you know, I love that song. But um, it, it's also, you're right, it's like martial arts. It's a, you, you're like becoming aware of your body and, and you have to, the way it provides their power, not you're you're you have to use the wave you know and the better you the better you get guys like Kelly Slater or you know there's a host of fantastic women surfers that I watch on Instagram they are using that wave and the better they get the more they're using the wave the more it's the wave you know they're 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 getting closer and closer to that power of the wave and using it yeah um but 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 to kind of um, step back even a little bit from surfing and we talked about skating too you know skateboarding um, you know we talked about it a little bit I am convinced that these kinds in martial arts these kinds of activities in the breath work that Brandon Powell does that I was talking about and the cold work that Wim Hof is sharing with the world have they are a pathway they are a discipline that leads towards connection with self. That's what we're all really seeking. And that's what these ancient myths, I'm convinced the ancient myths are operating on all these profound levels, you know, bottomless levels. You can just keep going down and finding more and more levels. But I am convinced that a central, if not the central, a very central aspect of the 
ancient wisdom that's given to every culture in these myths is the healing of trauma, which is alienation from the self. Trauma is alienation from the self. And, and the trauma, cutting-edge trauma psychologists like Dr. Peter Levine has said, trauma is a disconnect from yourself. But when you're disconnected from yourself, you're also disconnected from nature. So just coming back to your point about surfing and martial arts, you're, you're disconnected from the universe, the wider universe. You're disconnected from yourself, from nature, from others, from other people. And, and when we, um, you know, those kinds of disciplines can help us to quiet those parts of us that are disconnecting us from ourselves. Right. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not saying that you, you reach, whoop, oh, I've connected with myself. Now I'm totally enlightened and, and those <laughs> defensive mechanisms will never kick in and then I'll snap it, uh, you know, snap and say something harsh in a way that I'm like, what just came out of my mouth? And later I'm regretting it. I'm like, who was that? No, that's in there. But that's what I believe these these kinds of things are helping us get more in touch with. And that once we get more in touch with self, then we're more able to live that kind of way that we really want to be living. Um, you know, so so yeah, I mean, but surfing has kind of like gotten this almost like you know, like reverence from all the movies and everything. But it really does lead you towards that that. Uh, reconnection with self and, and thus with nature and everything else. But there are limitless ways to do that. Or there are, there's so many other ways. If you're, you don't have access to a beach with waves, you can do that through surfing. You can do that through meditating. You can do that through getting in a cold, icy bath <laughs> of icy water. You can do that through breath work. Yeah. You can do that through all kinds of ways. Wow. Well, David, I'm looking yeah, forward man. to having you back on the show for a longer conversation. But until then, uh, obviously, folks can find you all over uh, the podcasting circuit. Um, where should folks go to get your book? StarMythWorld.com. Is that correct? That's it. Yep. StarMythWorld.com, which is kind of short for StarMyth in the world, but the URL is StarMythWorld.com. And that has like a podcast section where there's archived podcasts, including my appearance on my family thinks I'm crazy awesome. Way back whenever we did it and that's on there and you know my blog's on there and also Instagram is also starting this world so Fantastic. yeah cool thanks for having me man I probably overstayed my 15 minutes but thanks no, for those great questions not at all Chris and I really enjoy uh talking to you any chance we get David so thank you great. for joining us man <laughs> I'm hey, all right. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. Well, gentlemen, best wishes on, you know, your next hundred podcasts and uh, we'll talk oh, again yes. soon. Thank you, David. Take it easy. Have a good night. Good night. Take care. Thanks, Mark. All right. Mark. David Matheson. That Have was a great awesome. Idea. Welcome to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. You are on the air. How are you right now? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Give me one second. I didn't know it was going to be on the phone. Good morning, Mark. 
No, no worries. Sorry. Okay. No, is that better? That's better. <laughs> hello, hello. Hello. So we have one question for you. Okay. Does your family also think you're crazy? <laughs> and is that why you signed up for the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy Patreon? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah? All right. Yeah, in a good way. Do you have a, you <laughs> have a favorite episode so far? Um, no, I would say that I've listened to a few of them and I'm still like working on a lot of them, but I've been, I've been being excited about, um, some of the like the alt history stuff and, um, a little bit just about the like, I guess, music industry stuff we touched on. Cool. Yeah. And do you have any, yeah. do you have any suggestions for guests that we could possibly have on the show? Hmm. Maybe later. I'm not sure right now. Um, like I've thought about it. Maybe, maybe some people that you know work in different industries. But I have to think on that. So. All right. We'll be sure to yeah. uh, post it in the Patreon. We got to get to our okay. next caller. But thanks for supporting us on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Well, thanks so much. Have a great rest of the show. Take it easy. <laughs> Yo, Mark. Yes. Was that uh was that planned, Mark, or was that just totally random? I asked I asked everybody on Patreon who wanted to be on the show. I asked oh. Sylvester C. Um nobody else really got back to me. I hope I'm not forgetting anybody. TJ? You're going to call TJ, and if he answers, say, um, trying to call you about your car's extended warranty. What if he hangs up on us? <laughs> I don't know. All right, what's his number? You ready? Yeah. Hold recording? on, hold on, hold I on. I don't want to put his number. Okay, we got his number. We're calling up the lead singer of Mighty Tortuga. Marky boy. <laughs> Welcome to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast, TJ. Oh boy. How does he have your number? It <laughs> came up with uh with caller ID. Ah, see, Jay wanted me to tell you that we were calling about your extended warranty uh, on your car. Uh I uh, heard I heard you needed to extend it, but enough about Jay's pranks. How you doing tonight, I'm, TJ? I'm doing all right. I'm on I'm on the podcast right now. Uh-oh. He's on the podcast, folks. Yep. For those who don't know, this is the lead singer of Mighty Tortuga. He is Jay's other boss, I would guess uh, we could say, because I'm kind of Jay's boss on this podcast, and you're kind of Jay's boss in the band. Jay, how does it feel? Yeah, I would to- say I would say instead of boss, I would say uh, daddy is the better word. Okay, all right. So I'm Jay's yep. boss, and you're Jay's daddy. <laughs> All right, interesting. Jay, perfect. How, your thoughts? No, that's perfect. Yeah, no. Okay. I, I agree. So, all I right. Mean, TJ, we haven't uh we haven't met too often. I'm a huge fan of Mighty Tortuga. I love your band. I love coming to the shows. I'm looking forward to the show this weekend uh where it's you solo, right? Is solo. That, uh, 
Is that the case? Yeah. You're going to have minimal uh, accompaniment, uh, however you say that word. I will have zero accompaniment. Wow, very cool. So we'll be there. But um, yeah, well, you're on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Does your family think you're crazy uh, when it comes to following your dreams and being the lead singer of Mighty Tortuga? Uh, Maybe not crazy, but um, I'm not really sure, to be honest. No one's ever voiced their opinion. They're, They're very supportive, though. So I would say no, I don't think so. That's awesome. That's TJ's parents are the most supportive. Yeah, that I mean yeah. that's that's kind of my intention with this show though is like to talk to people like TJ who are doing something unique and cool and part of their passion, you know, and like sharing his voice, sharing his poetry with people and having like dudes like Jay and Mikey rip it up and shred it up behind <laughs> him. I think this is really, you know, something to uh take note of. Uh, yeah. I'm curious. Cool. I mean, you've you've probably never listened to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast because Jay doesn't even listen. So I'm what wondering, is there any conspiracy <laughs> theories that you believe in, DJ? Um, oh, man. Um, I, I, I usually agree with with Jay for the most part. But yeah. uh, Safe answer. I, I'm the, mo- the biggest one that I've always been very... Uh, um, what's the word um controversial about intrigue yeah that's a better word uh is the the moon landing ah okay very cool well that's uh that's a good place to go from there i think we'll be uh we'll be planning a moon landing episode tj so that your family won't think you're crazy when you tell them that you're suspicious about the moon landing or at least i'd say that would probably that would probably make them think i'm crazy right i would imagine well that's what this show is here to do tj and we hope we can Uh, do with that all right tell that mark uh, recovered fine from his head injuries the other night yes i i can tell (laughs) are you sure he's He's fully coherent he's he's not acting strange at all that's uh Yeah, TJ was there. We just actually talked to Mike Romanelli, someone who also loves mushrooms, about my whole experience. So the (laughs) listeners are well aware. But yeah, man, I'm looking forward to your show. And I promise I will not take any mushrooms this time. Awesome. Did you guys get your tickets? Jay, no, I'm paying go. full price at the door, baby. Full price. Oh, yeah. Full price. I got to support. Door. I got to support. I'll do the same. <laughs> it does go. It does go straight to me, pretty much. Really? Oh, really. there, there we go. It's split. It's split three ways. So you're also paying Dave Fulton. So do, do they do the old ATC split? Uh, it's it's a three way. So it's uh the guy from Neurotronics, the venue, and then the bands, and then the bands will split a third. So I make half of a third of More what than a reason. More than a reason for me to pay full, full price. Right, it's true. I think we're going to have a good amount of people there. Dave has been promoting the show like it's the only one they've ever played. So, <laughs> I'm curious to know what you think about podcasting's potential to benefit musicians. Like, Do you think it would be beneficial if Mighty Tortuga had like a short weekly podcast where you guys kept people up to date and kind of had fun with the band, or I, is that far-fetched? I agree. I think that would be a... I think that would be a good idea. It's just a matter of who would do it and what is the 
you know, like I would do a weekly phone call with Jay. I think that could be insightful, but at the same time, Jay is probably the most controversial member. So uh, <laughs> right. well, he is we can't, a, we can't be doing that. He's right at home <laughs> here. Uh, little band vlog. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing, though, is if you do it on Patreon, TJ, only your f- most uh, loyal fans will know what Jay's real thoughts are. There we go. We wouldn't. Okay. We didn't even let Jay get out of the car at the Psych Shack show before we got there. <laughs> <laughs> please oh, do it's not okay. move, Jay. Please don't move. I'd say most of the my family thinks I'm crazy. Uh, following is outside of Connecticut. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. That's good. Yeah, we actually Don't have a big them. following in uh, Sweden, UK, and uh, Australia right now. That's what nice. I've been really stoked about is all of our Swedish listeners. I love Swedish chicks. If any of you females out there in Sweden <laughs> are listening, please. We have a we have a big following in Mexico City. So. Oh, I heard yeah. about that. I heard about that. We probably have some people listening from Mexico City. That's awesome. We're actually going to get a guest on from Mexico City someday. Uh, I there know you go, Tom. Tell them to listen to our stuff and if their friends have heard it. That's awesome, man. Well, TJ, I'm excited to talk to you further. I'd love to help you uh, do a podcast for Mighty Tortuga because I've been talking to Jay about it and he's just not receptive. It sounds like you are more receptive. Hey, so anyway, I can help. I'm open to anything. We can We can definitely discuss more at a later right. date. Well, TJ, we won't hold you up any longer. Thank you for uh, sharing a moment with us and uh, take it easy, man. Have a good night. Absolutely. See you tomorrow. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace. Peace. All right. That was uh, TJ from Mighty Tortuga. Jay's How does he have daddy. caller ID that good? Jay's daddy. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's uh, from the um, new phone I have. It like tells people my contact information when have I call ever- them. That's so weird. It's it does the same thing for like people who call me. else that we can call i mean we had brian holtzman on the show we had tino sanchez we had david matheson we had mike romanelli we had uh patron marianne we had um paranoid american of course and then we also just had wow. tj is that the lineup we did a quite, lot. quite the lineup i think we have uh you know burnt out the tank let me just make sure i'm not <laughs> Sure, Mark. We're four hours in. We don't have another four hours of content. Let me just, because you know, I asked Sylvester, <laughs> and he didn't answer back. Oh. Sylvester, shout out to you, bro. You're a really awesome supporter. Um, but yeah, that's about it. I can't think of anybody else who would want to take a call. Oh, you know what? I got someone in mind. Let's call your mom. I'm calling my mom. <laughs> Calling my mom. Let's see if she thinks you're crazy. I want to see if she thinks you're crazy.
Alex Stein, you are live on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Shit, I just just got done working out. About to get in the shower. What's happening? What do we got for us? I'm dripping wet and sweat. Does that mean you're naked right now, Alex? Keep it short. Keep it short and sweet and to the point. We're just calling up our past guests and seeing how they're doing. What's going on in the conspiracy castle? Well, you know, I was thinking about going live. Today I had a show with Jaren. I do a Thursday show with Jaren called The Baby Truther Show with David White. And Jaren is taking a week off so he can put all of his – he's doing crypto consultations. So he, he did it all in this week to get him done. So I didn't do a show today. I normally do I normally do a show. So I was thinking about going live maybe. But I'll dude, join I you. I mean – Yeah, you- well, fuck. Yes. Well, I've got to get in the shower. It's planning. It's 830 now, 846. I was planning on going live here in about an hour. Well, So Alex, we can rendezvous around then. Does that work for you guys? That works for me. Hell yeah. Alex, did you ever get my donation to call Mark a big bitch on uh, stream? Yeah, I mean, I will. I'll call him a bitch right now. Mark, you're a big-ass bitch, but I don't know why I fucking didn't see that donation. Uh, it, it probably was, I mean, was that- fuck, dude. I love those donations. I, I just, that's very unprofessional. I mean, I feel terrible. I have nothing to say to make that feel better. <laughs> that, that was the very end of the stream. That was the Jay Dyer episode, right, Chris? When I came in it, it on was the- that, Yeah, was that like the Oh, very- yeah, then I did... I, I I probably saw it. I just didn't want to call him a bitch because you know Jay's like half serious. <laughs> I didn't want to. Yeah, I want to try to stay on topic with him. Speaking the best of thing which, we just had him on the show. So Jay and Chris here actually know uh, Jay Dyer's disposition. He was in a good mood when he talked to us. Very no, uh, you know what very I mean? serious. I'm, very serious. Yes. Well, he just has a lot of information. So you yeah. know what I mean. You, you gotta like be respectful. Dumbass. Yeah. Yeah, and I got information too. Like I want to at least sound smart to him too. Like I'm not just some jack off that's never read a book. Oh, come you know on, what I mean? you're not a jack off, bro. When you were on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast, you hit us with like multiple conspiracies. Usually guests have like one topic. You hit us with Scientology, moon landing, flat Earth, nine eleven. All of these topics were broached on your episode of the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. So because I'm the king of all conspiracy, Mark. <laughs> on the ground i know every conspiracy there's no conspiracy that i haven't conquered and there's no future conspiracy that i won't conquer and that's why i am the way i am i just wanted to say i okay. loved this watching losing his mind don't listen to him i loved watching <laughs> alex gyrate on youtube while gaining the, the donations a few weeks ago that, that was amazing that stream is epic. That's that's my best stream. That's my. He was just sitting there stream. shaking and sweating. <laughs> I love how sweaty he got towards the end. Dude, it was emotional. I've never been. I've never like. It was more love than I've ever gotten from any of my ex girlfriends. And I, I've all, you know what I mean. It was really all at once. It's like I, the first time in my life I was loved. I felt that artificial love. Now I know why money is intoxicating. It felt like like I was getting kissed by each and every one of you on the list. It was very emotional. It was that intimate. intimate. Okay, well, I'll talk to you guys here in a little bit. Call me. I'll I'll, I'll be live here in about like an hour and 20 minutes. I'll talk to y'all then. All right. Send me the invite. All right, Pete. Have a good one, man. Alex Stein. Well, this this live stream will probably happen after or before this episode comes out. But, yeah, a future trip. Dude, Alex is the man, man. (laughs) That was fun. I don't know. That night that he made all that money, that's 
That was really like he was literally else. just shaking for <laughs> half an hour like, straight, just getting sweaty. Screaming. Into the <laughs> just screaming. So oh man. All right. Who can we call? Anybody else before oh. we close this show off? I don't know if you guys are gonna have the energy to uh I don't think so, Mark. My energy tank's pretty low right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so, Mark. Yeah, well, I, I meant to be on Conspiracy Castle. I think you guys have enough energy for one more call if I find the right person in my contacts. Oh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Fine, that was a... Well, this is our financier of the podcast, folks. Adam, you better answer, Adam. Just hop in the Discord and talk to him that way. Better answer. phone you better answer he's looking oh. at the vr lenses he's wondering why i'm calling hello this is pop smoke adam <laughs> this is pop smoke this is pop smoke you're on the my family thinks some crazy pop smoke podcast how are you i'm good how are you uh great i'm just calling to thank you for your support you're one of our uh 15 patrons and we really appreciate you uh, you've given far more with the mixer that you loaned me the money to get. This podcast has skyrocketed to super professionalism. So we just wanted to call you and thank you and take this podcast. We're going to go out with a, a fucking bang like we usually do. It wasn't a donation. You're paying him back. Yeah, that's right. Well, you're right. So well, remember, it's not about being up on top. Be the most donor, the biggest donor. It's about helping a good cause. That's right. <laughs> Thank you for your support, Adam. We really appreciate you. What, where, where are you doing right now? Are you trucking? Are you VRing? What are you doing? Well, here's the problem. You call me unannounced. You fucking cocksucker. Unannounced. <laughs> unannounced. Unannounced. I called you unannounced. I told you in the Discord earlier. You, you filthy cocksucker. That you you think, I, you think I was paying attention to that garbage? Wow. Listen, <laughs> I just, no, I just got done trucking. Literally, I, right when you called, I just, I just did the biggest, biggest haul. I did two two one fifty k trips, man. I'm 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 wow. clocked up. Adam, we salute you, sir. The roads of America are your oyster, and without you, the American people would not be fed Doritos and all the other corn chips that you deliver in your truck. Well, thank you, because you know what? Let me tell you something. You know, to, to the viewers, to the listeners. Uh, yeah, you know, give it like two months ago. He was saying that we, all of us were just a bunch of cocksuckers driving trucks, and we had no meaning on the road. And now he's talking out his ass, folks. I'm talking out my ass with the mixer that you loaned me the money to get. You're talking out your yeah, that's right, baby boy. Talking out his jaw. Talking out his jaw. Adam, it's been yes, a real sir? pleasure talking to you. Uh, but right now we did what we had to do now it's fucking party time or whatever the fuck you want to do to get your yayas out that's it so we'll talk to you later adam thank you so much for everything you've done no problem if you need me i'll be in a rocket league stay off stay off the roads (laughs) be careful be safe that was adam adam is a patron sign up for the patreon and you can get a sticker if you sign up for $3 or more. If you sign up for $15 or more, you'll get a t-shirt. And if you sign up for $50 or more, 
if you're that generous to give more than fifty dollars a month. Uh, but you'd be surprised. You'll cuddle with you. I will not go to your house and cuddle with you <laughs> at all. It's not on the table. Unless you're unless you're from Sweden and you're a female <laughs> and you're as tall as me, I will upon invitation cuddle with you. Um, oh yeah! But you got to chase me down. I'm not coming. I'm not coming oh, to you. Oh yeah! Um, and then why did you say that, Chris? I completely lost my train of thought. Fifty dollars. <laughs> if you pay us fifty dollars, I'm not going to cuddle do that. with you. I'll do that for free. Just hit me up. If you're if I like you, if I'll you're do from it for Sweden, free. hit him up. He'll cuddle. Sweden only. Listen, I'm trying to get people to sign up for the $50 book club, okay? <laughs> I will literally send you one of my books. You know how hard that is for me, but I'll do it because you're getting every me... month. I listen, I talked to listen. We had <laughs> Sylvester who signed up. I sent him multiple books because he was signed up for multiple months. But then after a while, he's like, hey, I'm going to go back down to a lower. And that's what we want. We want you to sign up with whatever you can afford. He was generous and kind enough to do that. I didn't think anyone was going to do that, let alone mm -hmm. in the first few months of us even having a Patreon. So, yeah, I hooked him up with like three books. Uh, same thing with KC. He hooked us up for more than one month. So I hooked him up, you know, and uh obviously the books are you know worth more value because they're curated by me okay so if you hook us up we'll hook you up uh if you don't like the book please send it back to me i'll send you your money back that's no big deal i'm not in the game to rip you off so don't think that i'm gonna come send you some coloring book uh i'm pretty sure sylvester and casey are gonna have you know, a couple months worth of reading to do with the books I gave them if they want to read them. You know, I'm someone who probably has more books than I can ever read. But anyways, we had Brian Holtzman on the show. We had Tino Sanchez on the show, two hilarious comedians. We had David Matheson, Paranoid American, Mike Romanelli, really awesome dudes, podcast guys. We had some patrons on. Are we forgetting anybody? Am I leaving anybody out? DJ, we had and our uh, special guest of the night, Jay Dyer. Right, right. Wow. Great, great content. Thanks for listening to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. If you stuck around this long through the whole call-in show, we really, really appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, if you show us some love, we'll show you some love with uh, the new logo coming out. It's going to be yeah. on T-shirts. Printed by stickers. TJ. Yeah, of course. Um, or Teespring so people can just, but we'll see. We'll see what we're going to do. We might set up a, a shop so people can order them for that. He literally owns his own screen printer. Okay, never mind. We'll do it through TJ. Custom shirts. All right, folks. Thanks for listening to My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast and have a good night. <laughs>
us. Crazy. Okay, this guy's losing his mind. I'm Don't listen crazy to him. For feeling so lonely. Follow us on patreon.com slash mftic. That's patreon.com slash mftic. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.